One five-star service from a financial institution you can trust? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. One of the great things about pop music is that for the two and a half minutes the song is playing, you can really believe the world is a great place. Pharrell is happy. Jimmy Cliff sings a reggae song called Wonderful World, Beautiful People. And Louis Armstrong's romantic anthem about the world being wonderful is so convincing, even Joey Ramone sings a completely unironic version of it. Once the feel-good song is over, though, most of us go back to believing the world is mainly difficult, often dull, and too often disappointing. And then there's Tippy Tippins. Tippy is the founder and CEO of a company called Goods That Matter. Goods That Matter makes and sells handmade products manufactured exclusively with eco-friendly materials in the U.S. With every product sold, the company gives back to social and environmental causes. And in case you were assuming Tippy's title, CEO, stands for Chief Executive Officer, it doesn't. It stands for Chief Eternal Optimist. Tippy, welcome out to lunch. Thanks so much. Pleasure to be here. That is great to be an optimist. That is, <laughs> and to be leading a group of optimists is pretty cool. That Chad Almquist doesn't only believe we live in a wonderful world, he wants to show it to you. Chad is a Louisiana master naturalist and co-owner of a company called Canoe and Trail Adventures. Canoe and Trail is a family business that has guided thousands of people into the swamps and bayous surrounding New Orleans for 45 years. Chad, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having us. Tippy. I know this is a show about business and not psychology, but in your case, the two are related. You started out as a designer. You designed faucets, furniture, light fittings, and did graphic design before moving to New Orleans in 2010, prompted by the BP oil spill. You came here to rescue birds. It seems like your marriage of business and social responsibility happened once you got to New Orleans. Did it in fact, or have you always had this eternal optimist idea in mind as a goal? Well, it did definitely connect for me here in New Orleans. It's something that, it, yeah, it was a sort of thing that it clicked and it brought these two passions for me together. And where'd you come in from? Um, I actually moved here from New York, but I'm not from there either. I've moved around a fair amount. Your family was the one about the law. <laughs> yes, uh, they, uh, certainly, you were not the first guest. There's, uh, so you come down here with your, uh, your bottle of Dawn dishwashing liquid <laughs> to clean the birds. And uh, not ironically, I guess it, it all follows suit, it, your first big product was uh, something that was actually uh, called the Bird Project, and it was, it was soap where the proceeds went to the birds, I guess. Yes, exactly. Um, so at the time, I was living in New York and was watching the oil spill unfold for months and months and months. And as a product designer, I was looking for a way that I could do something to help. Um, since I'm not a scientist or a vet, I couldn't directly you know, help the animals that were being harmed. And so I started up with this idea, you know, I'll make these soaps that are in the shape of a bird, 
Um, and then they have a small ceramic bird in the center, so it's symbolic of going oil to clean as you wash your hands. Did you have another one that just looked like an offshore oil rig? Kind of face <laughs> them against each other? <laughs> not yet, not okay. yet. <laughs> By the way, you know what's really good is that you're not running Chad's business because nobody would go on a canoe tour with a, a woman named Tippy. <laughs> I just thought about that. They, uh, so this, you're in the right industry. That's really uh, good. You're also, you also wrote a technically called a benefit corporation or mm -hmm. B Corp. What is that about? It's about um, business for good. So it's triple bottom line businesses, you know, people, planet, profit. And so being a benefit corporation helps your customers know that you're really backing up what you're saying you're doing, you know, using eco-friendly materials, donating to our donation partners. And is, it, is it like a tax status or it's, is it? It's, uh, it is, I mean, you're a corporation, you're S Corp. Or, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's recognized by the federal government and the state government. And I can't remember how many states officially have benefit corporations at this we point. Do. But we were one of the early adopters of benefit corporations. Is part of it the fact, do you, what percentage do you give back to, uh, back to these, these causes? Because I know last year you gave about $30,000 or so. We've given almost 30000 so far. Um, so we donate 10% of proceeds. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Very good. Now, Chad, family businesses have a challenging dynamic unlike any other organization. People relate to each other in a family differently than how we would relate to each other at work. For example, I can't imagine a colleague bursting into my office at work yelling at me, I hate you, <laughs> storming out <laughs> and me not batting an eyelid, knowing I'll no doubt find out what kind of earth-shattering mistake I made later. The kind of behavior that passes as business as usual at home would have us all in sensitivity training for weeks in a normal workplace. The upside to family business is typically increased trust and shared goals and often the fact that the second generation like you have been raised in the business and know it inside out. Have you always wanted to join your dad at Canoe and Trail or did you entertain other ideas for a while? I, I entertained other ideas for a while for sure. I did um, 12 years at Massey's Outfitters in retail. And related, but not related, uh, yep, but not, yep. not to help on weekends, but I wasn't sure I wanted to take the whole thing over. Okay. And the catalyst was actually the birth of my daughter deciding to go do more stuff that he did, you know, outdoors. I was raised outdoors. I wanted my daughters to be raised outdoors. And um, oh, luckily, I think we got all of our fighting out when I was a teenager before I was helping the business <laughs> and not as much uh, while we're running the business together. <laughs> now, one thing I was just thinking about with this is that you know, when you have a business like that, first of all, do you have other siblings? Nope, only one. So, okay, uh, so this has made it a little that, bit that easier. That does make it a little bit easier. Yes. Yeah, no, <laughs> no sharing. And are you uh, co-owners at this point? Co-owners, yeah. Technically on paper, I'm president. He's vice president. We're, you know, we're not on paper people. I've so. seen your meetings. They're, they're yeah, outrageous, exactly really. Right. Good notes. <laughs> <There's a, laughs> yeah. We need copies of those notes. <laughs> and what is a master uh, naturalist? Master naturalist is a program that uh, Louisiana started. There's... I think all 50 states may have them now. Um, Louisiana adopted it from another state. The program tweaked a little bit to fit in Louisiana, and it's just uh, like a credit-free course that they give University of Loyola kind of host it for us, and it's uh, 10 classes, either summer or fall. You learn what you don't know, is what my father always said <laughs> when you take the class. How do, how do you get people to know about the tours and such? Uh, um, you know, I hear lots of people talk about you know, social media, I've heard other people say that they kind of get in good with the concierges at the hotels. What do you do? 
we, we were word of mouth and we're still word of mouth. I mean, social media, yeah, we push out pictures and stuff online and people give us credit for having these gorgeous photos, but we're just out there. We just get lucky that the bird's flying by or the alligator's right there. Um, very little marketing. That's what we're working on maybe the most. That's what really, okay, so that's, uh, that's the plan going forward? Yeah, a little, little extra marketing. There's, now, you know, you you're giving tours of places that have a lot of problems, a lot of problems going, going forward. They're beautiful now and such. How do you set the tone for that? You don't want to completely depress these people. It's not like you're it, sponsored by Prozac yep. or anything. It's this an interesting balance. Uh, the start of every tour, we give a little map talk and we talk about the problems, the history of the area, the problems of the area. But then we show them the beauty of the area and kind of mention it. This is why this area looks like this and this is why this area looks like this. So we, we try to mix the education with the recreation, and I think we hit a good balance. People seem to enjoy it. Um, no one's too depressed by the end. <laughs> but they're all happy to save it, hopefully. That's, That's what goal. I was going to say. We Is want... there like a call to action at the, at the um, end? We send a little email after and, you know, let everybody know some links they can see and, and talk about and do more research. We talk about the Louisiana Master Plan now, the Coastal Plan. So a little bit of follow-up. We, we try not to push the agenda, but... I tell my guides, your, your job is to make them fall in love with Louisiana wetlands within the two, three hours you have them. And I bet that's a tough point. How do you find the guides? I mean, it's, you can find one group of people that are just kind of, you know, they're, they're naturalists and, you know, they, they love animals and all that and love the wetlands, but they may not be people persons, you know? That, um, yeah, we've had some people that didn't fit well in that category. Um, Luckily, we're a small company, so we have about five guides that help us, and that's kind of more than enough. Um, you know, we'd like to expand a little bit, but finding that perfect person is very hard. The Louisiana Naturalist Program, somebody came to us through that. Another person used to do a nonprofit group, and the funding was cut for that, so he came on board. It's, it's tough. Uh, one more person would help, but it's hard to find that perfect person. Tippy, you have online and retail sales, is that right? Yes, um, we sell in many boutiques around town. And then we also have a shop in Mid-City. It's called The Good Shop. And so it's myself. And then Oh, that's um, over near the coffee shop, right? Yeah, they, we yeah. share a space with Church Alley Coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we just moved there. We've been there about three months. And so uh, you've got, now does your own store uh, compete against the boutiques? I mean, all this oh, could be sensitive, I guess. Well, we're in a different location. I think as long as you're not like, you know, on the next block or, you know, a couple blocks away, you know, it's, it's plenty of room. People don't us. undersell each other or anything like price-wise. No, or... yeah. You know, it's the same sort of thing with considering which boutiques you're in. Nobody wants to be super close to the next one, but as long as there's enough distance It'd be a good problem to have if you were stepping on your own toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a... Now, Chad has to find people that know how to paddle. Wait, do you have, are there other employees, or are you it? We work with, we collaborate with a lot of people in town. And so we work with local makers to make different products. And then I work with people occasionally, you know, contract with them. So you're company. the designer. Mm -hmm. And uh, is that what you went to school for? I did, yeah. My undergrad's in furniture design, and then my graduate degree's in industrial design. Neither of them are offered in business school. I didn't see those. That's, uh, those are really... And then you get something, draw it up, and you bring it to a maker somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Where are they? Are they here? Are they... Yeah, they're all over the city. So um, with the soaps, we work with Sweet Olive Soaps. They're in River Bend. She's a third-generation soap maker, and she's been making the soaps from the beginning. 
We make uh, notebooks that give back to education, and we work with John uh, Fitzgerald Letterpress. He's over on St. Bernard Avenue. Um, yeah, so all over the city. And you, you mentioned that you've got a, in fact, I looked at it, and you've got a wide variety of products. It isn't, you know, one side or the other. What a, how do people find you? I mean, we're looking, we're trying to help Chad in his marketing here, yeah. but we're, uh, we could use some more in our marketing department as well. We've relied mostly on social media. I got my start on Kickstarter in the beginning, and that really helped a lot. I've been lucky in getting a lot of press, um, you know, both online and in print. Um, yes, but it's something that I've been thinking lately, like, you know, we should actually make a purposeful marketing campaign. <laughs> well, I know you have the... <laughs> it's on the list, right? Yeah, yeah. it's on my list. It's top of my list, but it's on the That is... <laughs> <laughs> but you know what you want. That's really important. The, uh, the, what about these? When you go to a, a, a maker, how detailed does it already have to be? I mean, can it, is just something you scribbled on a napkin, or is it? I mostly work in Illustrator, um, and so yeah, I have made. You know, I've designed it in Illustrator, and I've probably made a rough prototype of some kind, and then I bring it to the the person that I'm working with, and like, how can we make a lot of these? You know, like. So it's a lot of research on my part, like what type of process I want to use, different printing types, you know, are we going to screen print it, are we going to block print it, and then finding the right person to make it happen. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Tippy Tippins, CEO, which stands for Chief Eternal Optimist, at Goods That Matter, a socially and ecologically responsible design and sales company, and Chad Almquist from the Bayou and Swamp Tour Company, Canoe and Trail Adventures. Now, neither of you came up in on the business side of things, uh, but you've adapted to it. So, how did it how did it occur? I'm still adapting to it. Still adapting. <laughs> okay. All right. I always tell people, you know, to, we're we're the, probably the best paddle company around. We've been around for a long time, lots of experience, but we do that well. But everything else we don't do well. <laughs> on the water, we're great. In in the dry land, know, not so much. The, yeah, and the hiking trails were good. We can do hiking trips too. You know, in nature, we're good to go. But uh, you know, everywhere else, Facebook at two a.m. plotting what to post and uh, <laughs> quick books. Yeah, quick books. You had the same issues. Yeah, Debbie. same. Absolutely. My entire background is in you know creative fields, so mostly designing and making, and the business side was a real learning curve for me. The QuickBooks was a total nightmare, and it really like <laughs> yeah, very was honest though painful in the beginning. Um, People think we just play in the woods all day. In reality is right. you're sitting at a desk or scrubbing life jackets. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Chad, I, I want to check to make sure. Do you have insurance? We, we do. <laughs> okay, there's a uh, we have insurance. Not just if you hire a young woman named Tippy. I mean, just generally, there's a. Uh, Tippy Chad, this is the part of the show we call another great idea. Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got a great idea for you. Uh, they tell you about a job you should apply for or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with or a great investment opportunity you should jump on. You can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have really turned out great or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had a great idea for you? Did you take their advice, and how did it turn out? Uh, well, one of our trips that we did for 30 years was a suggestion by a customer that we should go camp on a barrier island off the coast of Mississippi, Horn oh. Island, and it turned into an annual trip for 30 years. Well, that so that one out. worked out. Tippy, somebody else told you to make eco-sensitive goods? or? To me, I was thinking that 
most of the time, the rejections are the things that have shaped my decision making the most. You know, like yeah. when somebody tells you something that you you're really passionate about, and they're like, "That's an awful idea." And you've designed it. I mean, it's you, <laughs> right? It's uh, hard to separate. Yeah, I mean, those are the things that have fueled me forward more. You oh. know, I mean, you think about why someone would think about it's a terrible idea, or they're fearful for you, or whatever it may be. But if you're being told know about something, then, you know, sometimes it's just the thing that makes you, no, I know this is a really great oh, idea. So you, <laughs> so you fight them off. This is really, uh, this is I great. Mean, I'm not combative of any means, but I'm just saying, you know, if, if you get a rejection, whether it's a job you've pursued right. or you didn't get into a show, then you figure out another way to make it happen. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's right. You don't just um, stop there. And I was thinking in grad school, I submitted to be part of a furniture fair in, um, at the time I was in New York for the International Contemporary Furniture Fair. And I didn't get accepted, and a lot of people didn't get accepted, and all of us had a great amount, you know, really beautiful work. So we started a pop-up and did a truck across the street from ICFF. <laughs> a competing fair? Yeah. That's and, <laughs> you know, it turned out great. <laughs> I now don't want to compete with you. You're, you're <laughs> very tenacious. They, uh, what does your day look like? I mean, I, when, by the time I got there for my uh, moonlight paddle, everything was set up and just ready for him. But, but there's a lot more to that. I mean, what do you get up first thing in the morning? What do you got to get ready? Uh, well, it depends on the day, I guess, because we offer a variety of tours now. Uh, but for the moonlight paddles, uh, right off that, we're checking weather. First thing I do every morning, which my wife hates, is grab my phone and look at the weather, because that's, that's number one. If there's bad weather, we've got to warn people. You know, if, if it's a potential of a little bit of rain, we'll warn them, but a lot of people will still come. Uh, then, so you that know, becomes their, their the, call. Yeah, then All their right. decision. We, we want everybody to enjoy the experience. We'll give you the option if the weather looks bad to bail out. Obviously, we're not going to go in dangerous conditions like lightning or anything, but a little bit of rain. I think we all remember your Katina, Katrina cruise. Right, that was, yeah. uh, not <laughs> that did, that was a three-hour cruise that lasted <laughs> a little longer than it should have. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's counting life jackets. It's counting the canoes or the kayaks, making sure we have the paddles. You had to get everything in the truck because most of our stuff's in destinations, so we're driving all the gear back and forth. And once you drive away, if you're missing a paddle... You know, that's, that's a big deal <laughs> to be short of paddle. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we have waterproof cases we give everybody. So it's just a lot of gear. Doing and undoing for, for a three-hour trip, we probably spend an hour before and an hour after at least picking up or cleaning gear. That was what I kind of thought. That was. <laughs> yeah. Scrubbing life jackets is a big part of the business nobody nobody sees. That's what the most recent employee does? Yeah. A, yes, actually. <laughs> well, one guy, unfortunately, we did the moonlight paddle on Saturday. And uh, about all of us worked it. And on Monday, he was the only one that had to go on Monday morning. So he, he scrubbed 50 life jackets. Well, that's some sort much of by himself. canoe hazing program <laughs> that is, you've yeah. developed. Is, uh, now, Tippy, what do you do? Uh, uh, you know, d design, writing books, all that stuff is fascinating. Me. Do, you, do you have, a, do you have a, a time you set, set aside for design? or? or I do. Yeah. I mean, the creative part is the, like you were saying earlier, the part that brought you to the business right. is sometimes the thing that you end up doing the least of. So I set apart the mornings for my creative time. You know, I don't look at my email until 11 and I'm a morning person. I get up early. And so I focus on the creative part and working on designs and new ideas and yeah, just really, I mean, I learned that I had to carve out a chunk for that creative time or else it just got, you know, totally... And both of you would fall into the sentence you just put together where I might have got into it for a certain passion, 
But once I started running it, that doesn't make up a big part of your day. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I don't, and my goal this year to be on the water once a week, and that hasn't happened fully for sure. So, I mean, that's not even a lot. We operate six, seven days a week, so you know, once a week I can't get out. Your child will be a, oh, a natural, don't you think? Buckling life jackets like I did. Oh, that is. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, that she's already been on the boat multiple times. Now she's at the age of, my older daughter is at the age of uh, four, and she cries when we have to turn around. Oh, <laughs> nice. Perfect employee. That is, uh, <laughs> Chad, I have a pretty good idea what your first job was, but Tippy, what was, what was yours? You know, um, let me think. <clears throat> I think um, <laughs> I tried selling those Costco knives. You really? Seen, yeah. Um, and then I would and drew caricatures at Bush Gardens. These were oh, like that first was high a good school one. jobs. Um, I worked at Little Did Caesars. Did you live down there? Or that was. Yeah, I grew up, or I went to high school in Yorktown, Virginia. Okay, all right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no problems with the knives? I know there's a lot of mishaps in that industry. I don't think I <laughs> ended up doing that for very long. My mom purchased my set. <laughs> <laughs> you are a very honest guest. <laughs> Tippy and Chad, we can't all be lucky enough to spend our workday meandering through the beautiful swamps and bayous or consciously contributing to the general good in the world but we can all benefit from the fact that that's what you two are doing. It's been delightful spending time with you. I look forward to keeping up with you and your businesses. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you very much. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Tippy Tippins, CEO, Chief Eternal Optimist at Goods That Matter, and Chad Omquist, Louisiana Master Naturalist and co-owner of Canoe and Trail Adventures. You can find out more about Tippy's goods and Chad's adventures by following the links on our websites, itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Matthew Ellison. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music is available wherever great jazz is sold, streamed, or stolen, and at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp. One five-star service from a financial institution you can trust? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.